Hello and welcome to The Nightcap, life behind the Michelin star, a late night lock-in here where some of the best chefs in the country candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. Series 3, episode 7. One more away from completing it. I never thought we'd complete it. I know, it's nice to come back, to be honest. (laughs) It's not 10 o'clock at night, it's about 8.30, which is a dream for me. Yeah, it's first, isn't it? Yeah, because the restaurant's obviously shut right now. I'm not in Chef White's. Yeah. First time ever. That is weird, actually, to see you in this building without Chef White's on. (laughs) Um, so yeah, service isn't wrapping up downstairs right now, but we've still had a few beers, the food's flowing, let me introduce myself and what the hell we're all doing here. My name's Simon Alexander, I'm a podcaster, producer and daytime cooking show contestant. To my left, playing host, Michelin star head chef and owner of Salt, Mr. Paul Foster. How you doing, you alright, yeah? Yeah, good, thanks mate. And our guest today is Michelin star head chef at the Tudor Room, it's Mr. Tony Parkin. How you doing, buddy? Hello. How's it going? Have a nice well. evening? Very good, thank you. Excellent. What was on the menu tonight then? This special night? Staff food, pretty St- much. Staff, staff <laughs> dinners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just threw a few pickle bits on it to funk it up. No, um, what was it? Obviously, we're not open, so I just, uh, we didn't, we don't have a lot here and I couldn't give Tony the full experience. So, Left there's some beef cheeks, some truffle mash. Um, what else was it? Oh, beef fat hollandaise. Oh, lovely. Mate. Yeah. Pickled yeah. onions, some yeasted cabbage and that. So, yeah. Great. Nice. Beauty. That sounds so good. This is your first time Stratford you were telling us Tony indeed yeah and um, yeah what did you make of the restaurant I suppose you haven't seen it in its all, yeah, all its glory but what did you make of it here yeah amazing actually um, obviously you have a picture in your head so I've seen photographs before mm-hmm. um, but then obviously coming in and Paul's giving us a tour of the restaurant yeah really cool little spot yeah um, and obviously up here is equally as amazing yeah it's rather beautiful it's just so hard to imagine it all singing and dancing yeah especially downstairs with all the takeaway boxes yeah Yeah, exactly Um, cool so do you guys know each other well how far do you go back where did you Um, come across one another I don't know where did we actually I I was saying to I know exactly when we met first time Sheffield go on no Sheffield AA Awards it was before that. Fucking years ago. You, I was doing a demo at Skills for Chefs and you were with Adam Simmons. Oh, was I? Like, he, he, this must be right because he's so particular with this. Yeah, weird like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I remember AA Awards were on the same table, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> sure. Was, yeah. yeah. That was, <laughs> that was. Yeah. So it was Dalesford Table, was it, you were with? Dane, um, Danesford House, yeah. yeah. So it was me, you, Macklin. Yes, that was it. God, I was fucking wrecked that night. <laughs> <laughs> Big one. <laughs> Love it. Actually, that ties in nicely with one of our first topics. And coming up on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the social lives of chefs. We're going to be talking to Tony about getting probably what is the quickest star ever from opening to award. Uh, I don't know whether you... there, isn't it? You I can't... Right. I don't suppose we really fact-check that, but I'm safe to say it's the quickest star ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to I say that. I think know. one of. It has yeah. to be. Yeah, is yeah. it five months? Under five months. Under five months. Under five months. Under yeah. five. Yeah. Sorry. Four I just hold you <laughs> <laughs> It was exactly this many days. Uh, yeah, we'll also be taking some of your questions that you've sent us via the Nightcap Twitter and Instagram pages. As well as that, we'll be doing Boiling Point, where these guys will tell the stories of the real heat of the kitchen. And we've got TripAdvisor reviews and cooking hacks and myths as well. Before we get into the good stuff, though, uh, this is a Nightcap, of course. We are once again for Series 3, opening a beautiful bottle of Gusborns every single episode. We're pleased to see so many UK restaurants gradually start to reopen, whether that's takeaway boxes or whatever they're doing post lockdown too but whilst you've got a bit more time on your hands why not visit gusborns.com where you can order some wine today what have we got today buddy uh, so we're back with the Pinot Noir which Lovely. is one of my favourites we still pretty much always have on our tasting menu it works with so much mm-hmm. um, actually I met up with Neil recently as well just before the lockdown oh did you I didn't know that and uh, yeah we just went and had a coffee in town um, 
Yeah, just a little catch up, little yeah. Yeah, just get out. Little jaw, an hour. Put it on and expenses, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> How was it? Was he all right? Was he? Yeah, he was good. He was telling me about the new things they've got coming out. They're doing different grades rather than just the one Pinot a year. They're doing some different grades. Mm-hmm. They're bringing a rosé out, which is going to send some samples oh, over a cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 so good. Okay, let's get into it then. So yeah, we mentioned it there. Got to be one of the quickest stars ever. For those that don't know, maybe much about the Tudor Room and that journey, from opening up to a star in five months. What you know? Tell us about that because it sounds like it's a piece of piss. Up to you. They fucking weren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a star restaurant before I started. Uh-huh. Um, so I took over after a chef called Douglas Baelish, who's a very good mate of mine. Um, but when I started there, I didn't it's a bit of a difficult one because I just although I knew what I kind of wanted to do I didn't feel very comfortable right why uh, was that um, was just because I absolutely fucking hated the service <laughs> right okay. it was just very robotic um, everything was really painful it just felt really like everything was really long winded there was a lot of staff the amount of covers we were doing oh really yeah and I don't know I just felt that it was more there were so many different angles to get the food out or the way that the staff worked. It actually was a little bit too painful. Got yeah. And I kind of just like accepted it. I did a menu when I first started. Did you know that before you got there? Yeah, not really. I don't think I was expecting it to be as bad as it was. And I don't want to sound negative. No, sure. Like as bad as it was, as it, it was horrendous. It was just mm. the fact that for me, I didn't feel comfortable for what I wanted to cook. Mm. Yeah. And so that way, old school country house kind of way, yeah, like too over. Yeah, it's it was, come up a few times, hasn't it? It's that that country house thing. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of like, I just I just felt it was too regimented. And it was like this fucking whiteboard. You might have one. Don't. I don't have a whiteboard. Okay, cool. You've seen how small that kitchen is. Right? <laughs> it's like this white, piece of paper down there. And it's got fucking. What's the stigma around a whiteboard? Time, like, it's just got a times on it. And it's like when this course goes, you cross this and do this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? Is that well, how some places do Some places, places do, yeah. yeah which I is, don't. I which is fantastic. Right. In a uh, restaurant that's got loads of covers, but there's eight tables. Yeah, yeah. And I was a bit like, this is really painful. And I just like kind of like accepted this board and you just watch these like times go up and you'd be like, Okay, we're we're in a small restaurant in a hotel. We're not Le Manoir. Mm-hmm. Like we're not doing hundred odd covers. Mm-hmm. And the staff were not the, the kitchen staff were great when I first started. Like they adapted really well, probably to what I wanted. I was probably a little bit more calmer than I am now. <laughs> okay. I, was, I think I was more like worried about losing them all, so I was a bit like nicer. Yeah, yeah. Um, win them, we'll try and win them over, yeah, and then yeah, let yeah. them know and who you just, really just are. Be a mega, mega wanker. <laughs> um, but basically, what I did was I, I wrote a menu, and I, I did it exactly the same as the chef was running the menu there at the time. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, and it, and it worked for a little bit, and then as time went on, it was kind of like as, as I was finding my feet, I was like, no, I hate this. I don't like this. I don't know the way this has been done. And then we had numerous members of front of house staff leave. So what actually was happening was we were like getting less and less front of house staff. Yeah. So things were having to be changed for a reason. Like, right, okay. Which actually worked out in the long run a massive benefit because now I think it's the best it's ever been. Right. Whereas I was constantly going through staff like all the time front of house stuff and that's not because I was screaming and shouting it's just that they didn't like the way I was working they they didn't agree with 
the new regime that I had. They wanted to do what was being done before. Uh-huh. And it was just a really fucking painful period. <laughs> it, I'm not going to lie. It was just like yeah, really no, hard work. That's, that's fair. It was, is it, just on that note, <clears throat> is it harder to find really good, consistent front of house staff, harder to find consistent front of house staff than it is kitchen staff? Both fucking hard. Yeah. Oh, really? I'll tell you yeah. what, this is what leads me on to what I can say now. This okay. is when I, it all changed. Right. So <laughs> I'd gone through a couple of restaurant managers and that w- again, that wasn't, I mean, Tim, what did can, you do? Tim can vouch for me. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'd gone through a couple of sommeliers as well. And again, this wasn't because I was screaming and shouting at people. Maybe the sommelier, yeah, but he was, <laughs> okay, he was a mega bellend. <laughs> so he lasted like two weeks. But anyway, so we went on. So we got, we got through what I think was the massive assessment towards getting a star. At that point, I was cooking what I would say was good. Probably a little bit better than I'm probably looking back at now because I look at the food that I do now with the boys and I'm I'm looking, I think it's probably the best I've ever cooked. Mm. Um, It was obviously a very high standard. However, we went on a a summer holiday and we came back and the whole of the front of house staff, bar one, walked. (laughs) They come back, right? So what happened? Was it just coincidence? I don't really know. To be oh right, I I probably, like I one think, incident. Like there was a couple of times. I, when I say I wasn't showering, um, I probably was. But <laughs> probably was. <laughs> but but not to the point where I'd be like, wow, I'm going to quit my job because of that. Yeah. But I've probably gone for a bit of a different way in my career to they have. Sure. Um, and then I just remember standing in the restaurant and looking at. We had this uh, like head waitress called Diana who still to this day has been the best front of house staff we've had in there and um, looking there and she was like panicking she's like looking at me she's like what are we going to do and I was like we have to serve the food aren't we yeah <laughs> she was like what do you mean I was like and I pulled Tim my sous chef out and Tim used to work at the pass with Matt Gillen so mm. he's got loads of um, experience of serving people and dressing table like dressing the dishes at the table and stuff like that uh-huh. and I said to him we're going to have to do it and yeah. he was like yeah absolutely fine wow and that's never, we've never gone back on it well, so you're still doing that now yeah yeah it's the best thing we've ever done because really? it means that we not during COVID times I don't go out in the kitchen at the moment because I've got glasses and my face steams up with the mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nightmare. I Tell me about bothered. it. I hate it. I, can't, but, I don't know how you guys do it because I can't go into a supermarket for 30 seconds and I'm already pissed off. <laughs> so I don't know how you guys do it. I just take my glasses off and I've had enough. Yeah. But, um, the guys go out into the restaurant and it's been the best thing I think in that restaurant we've ever done because it's kind of completely changed the format of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't expect that in a country no. house, which is good. No. And also it means that I control the service. I don't yeah. have someone dictating to me this is going to happen. It's like, no, wait a minute. I, I'm in charge. I mean, especially since I took like sort of the chef patron rollover and put my name above the door, that's when it turned because I was like, wait a minute, I made that decision. Hmm. We're going to do this. And I've got the full support of the boys behind me in the kitchen. Yeah. And all the guys in the kitchen, especially Tim... He runs so basically Tim runs the service. I kind of work around Tim. Tim Tim runs that. But it means that I've got enough information coming back and forth from tables like, okay, this table's maybe not so much about getting served at the table. They're probably maybe on a business trip. So what you do is you back off them a bit. Oh, right. But if they're like there could be like an uh, an old couple that have been saving up for months, 
and they want loads of attention. Yeah, I feel special. And so we do. Yeah. We've got members of the team that all have different personalities. That you go boom, 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 and you send them to those tables. Wow. Yeah. Which means you kind of bespoke that person's experience. Nice. God, that really has become a massive change for you then that if, whole there's a, if there's any anger I can just shout on myself yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good. It means it's great because you can personalise like, personalise that service to that person but judge their needs did that have repercussions in the kitchen of how you do things because you have uh, to spend more time out there no, no it's oh, that's, that's what amazing we did, what we did is we've the, the food we do is very uh, it's really clever the way we, we kind of devise a dish because I'm not in a position where I can literally just go, right, I'm going to do this, 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 I'm going to have 97 pounds, I'm going to do it all a la menu. I've got to look at the fact is that I need to get something out of a really high standard in quite quick succession because mm-hmm. it's a tasting menu, but also at the same time is what is going to sit there. Yeah. Stu- I know most chefs will probably be like, fucking lazy bastard. <laughs> but what can literally sit there and not get affected by sitting underneath a hot lamp for a minute? Yeah. yeah. Or a minute and a half. Wow. Or what garnish can I do that I know I can hold and it's not going to get shit. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that are quite common in most restaurants that you don't do because of that test. It doesn't survive that test. Probably, yeah. Um, I couldn't name you any, but sure. there's there's things. I mean, like we still cook the fish to order, the meat's cooked to order, blah blah blah. But a lot of the stuff is done so it can you can plate it and it can hold without getting skins on purees. I think yeah, like, it's yeah. a fast service. Like we are literally like boom boom boom. But it's it's a way of manipulating the menu, so nothing's ever sacrificed because of a, maybe a minute or two. I don't be mm. like fucking now redress that because that's got skin on it. It's yeah. like things are put mm. on at certain times, at certain reasons, and plated in different ways at different times. So it's always a, the best it can be. Mm-hmm. It's about working with your within your means and understanding Absolutely. that because that's where most young chefs go wrong. We've spoke about it before. Yeah. Is you know there might be two or three in the kitchen and they're trying to cook fat adult food. You know, yeah, exactly. they can't something's going to suffer yeah. and it's the standard it's going to it's going to ruin the amount of time it takes to yeah, the prep, amount of time it takes to plate up so it's working within your means and producing the best you can I, I mean like the same with us with that tiny kitchen and the small yeah, exactly. team that's what I mean it's like your, we your gear the menu around that and cook, cook the best cook we can your environment is yeah, your environment is pretty team. much the same size as mine but I've got four in it yeah wow um, so we do it so actually by them going in the restaurant it's good because there's always like at least two of them out of the way so yeah. there's always like two of you in there yeah, but, it does yeah. work yeah. but also we don't have sections in the kitchen how do you know so we don't I don't have like how does that work then we've managed to, we have one guy on pastry but we put him on pastry because he can't really do anything else <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'd be, be loved to no, put him near anything else it's basically because he takes so fucking long doing one thing there's just no point of ever <laughs> implementing him on anything else so we just leave him on that section <laughs> he, he spends he like, don't listen does he I fucking hope so he <laughs> <laughs> spends like 95% of his week doing one dessert while everyone else is running around and then he just sort of like mooches into um, the, the kitchen because we have a separate pastry area it's kind of like mooches into the kitchen during service and it's just like I'm yeah. here I'm here and you're like oh right. nice to see you lad <laughs> um, but then what we do is that we kind of all just throw jobs around during the, so I mainly do the meat the fish communication's got to be really high then I suppose do you know what it's that. got to the stage you don't, you know, to be honest it's not like most kitchens that I've ever worked in where you've got like job lists and stuff like that we write a list on a whiteboard not mm. one that we put timings, timings on. on yeah <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like right that's the premise for today you're going to do that I'm going to do that you're going to do that and it all comes together at the same time uh-huh. and then all the testers are done 
the jobs are good. You think in, a, in a weird way, though, if you were to lose a member of your, of your team, not to COVID or anything dark, I just meant yeah. to leave, <laughs> yeah. would it be harder <laughs> to replace because it's a system that's so different? Would it be harder to get, bring someone I, in? I could be, I'm going to be really smug now and be Go like, on. I've actually lost a guy just before the COVID lockdown. Yeah. And replaced him straight away. Oh, no right. Nice, <laughs> love it. Nice Fair work. play. Yeah, he wasn't too happy about it. <laughs> yeah, no, Fuck sure. Him. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know because it's a very different, very different kitchen. Because it is, although it's kind of very tight, um, you kind of have to be able to do everything. So if, uh-huh. I would say if you could do pastry bills, now I got one person yeah. de- dedicated to that. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Would you um, Would you consider doing something like this? If If either you lost a member of staff or it was a difficult night, or would you tend to go out there? Well, more? To, well it's something we've kind of done anyway, just yeah. a little bit, but it's been more ad hoc because of you know our past. You've seen yeah, like exactly. the dining rooms there, and I've never been like you know if I if I'm on the meat and fish cooking and then. Because we've always only had, we, originally we had two people out the front. Mm. Now we've got three. Um, you used to have more, but we've toned it down since uh, lockdown. Um, if they're serving wine and then one's doing a bill, I'm not going to sit there with the food on the pass and exactly. just keep banging it. I'll take yeah, it. But, but yeah. that's, that's something that originally a chef would shit himself about. Because you'd be yeah. like, and, that, and that's another thing for me that it got to a stage I was like, I'm not going to stand here and watch something completely go to shit. Because I'm waiting on someone who could be doing like a bill. Yeah, that's not their fault. Yeah, it's not. Do you know I mean, so yeah, it's like, they oh, can't make what? it any quicker. Yeah, fuck it, I'll do it myself, or uh-huh. you can do it, or and yeah. the, and the thing is, what another reason for doing it was because I had such a high turnover of front of house staff. <laughs> I just with a smile. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember how I just remember how fucking painful it was. <laughs> yeah. Constantly going. Oh, by the way, this person's not coming back, and it's just. Um, we, because of the size of the menu we've got because it's an eight course tasting and it's kind of it gives us a lot of scope to change things mm. constantly hyper seasonally yeah it means that if I go right fuck it today I'm going to put Milo prawns on and I'm going to do like a biscuit with the shells blah blah rather than standing there and talking to it like, and this has happened to me loads of times by the way rather than standing there talking to a front of house person it's like oh right that's great but I can't try that because I'm lactose intolerant and I'm this, this and this and this, which mm. has happened like with probably I'd say 90% of my front of house staff have given me dietary requirements. Really? And you're just like, well, I'm, I want you to try this before you serve it to the customer. Uh-huh. That what you do is you get the guys that have prepared that, prepped it, know what happened from the produce where it's come from whatever. So if they do get asked at the table, they can relay that information easy, on. Yeah. And it makes I, my life wins, yeah. so much easier because I can just go, right, you're going to table two. They go there and if someone says where did this deer come from? He's like, oh, actually, this we got it from this person. Blah, blah, knows, blah. knows it without thinking about it. And it's so much easier. And on top of that, yeah. most guests must love having the chefs come out and talk yeah. to them a bit. And, you Sometimes. Know. <laughs> yeah. do, do some not. There's some a bit funny about it. Some, can, some can be a bit... You do get a lot of people, I don't think they realise they're actually chefs. They're sometimes like, oh yeah, you're like, your waiting stuff are amazing. And you're like, there's only one, one or two of them. <laughs> yeah. oh, the, rest, the rest of the guys, they're like, oh, the guys that are like, serve the food are so efficient. They're like, yeah, they're also cooking it. <laughs> That's pretty good. I had some guy that did some blog recently, it was hilarious, because when, when we came back from the first lockdown, we did like an eight course tasting menu in two sittings and it was just me and one other. The rest of the guys were setting up the brasserie in the hotel kitchen. And um, he straight away started writing this thing about, oh, well, I felt really sorry for the young lad that was constantly serving my table. 
And I was like, well, the reason that young lad's serving the table is because I'm fucking cooking everything. <laughs> I'm plating everything for 22 covers. Like, there's, there's nothing else I can do. And yeah. he's just like, oh, well, it would be nice to see you come out. And I was like, it's fucking great, mate. But, yeah. Come on. How was your food? Yeah, Can't exactly. About that. So how long into your very short stint before the star came did you think I'm proud of this and this is going really well and did, or was the star a bit last week <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, did it come to a sh- uh, was it a shock to you really, to get it, it after really five months it was a weird one because I sorry four and a half months just under five <laughs> yeah. just under five um, <laughs> I had I had this really weird so I had an inspection when I'd first been there and I think we worked out earlier on it was probably about three weeks for me being there right and I wasn't I wouldn't say I wasn't um, confident in what I was doing I just I just felt a bit like I was not cooking exactly what I was wanting to do um, but making it look nice mm-hmm. and I think with everything it was like with new job I'd moved from quite a long way away from my daughter which was quite hard um, wow. new team new house it's just a bit fucking stressful and um, I wasn't 100% happy with the menu structure and I changed that and then things started getting better and better and better and I knew we were cooking well I really did um, and then I had my first mission inspection which got announced um, and I was basically told there wasn't enough time in the year to probably retain the star get the star whatever it was I hate the word retain because I don't feel like Different operation. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, it, it, was, yeah. it was something that after we, we and I say we, because it wasn't just about me, it was about the guys in the kitchen as well, because they, they fucking slogged it out. Um, the retain thing got thrown around willy-nilly, and I was a bit like, do you know what? If that was the case, Michelin wouldn't have dragged me on the stage, giving me a jacket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Giving right. me that many inspections. And I reckon we had about three or four inspections in about four months. Really? Uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty fucking hardcore. Um, but you know what? We never, we never like actively spotted them or went out looking for them. And that's that's something that I got to the point that I was like, do you know what? If we if we do it, I think we're cooking well. I think the flavors are good. I think the food is of a high standard. We were getting really really good feedback. Um, and I think I think that was more the fact that I didn't have any sort of self belief. I was just I think I was beating myself up too much. And it got to like the Michelin month. and it was really weird because as I was saying to Paul earlier on I was I'd gone away for the weekend with my my missus and we were at Gareth Ward's uh, in Asia amazing and we were on our way back and I didn't I didn't think anything of it and I knew that Michelin was coming up and blah 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 and I I got a text message and it was someone said fucking hell when did you have Michelin inspectors in and I was like what are you talking about and I'd had quite a couple I'd had a couple of really positive tweets um and I was like, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, I haven't been open for two weeks. So, and this was mm, start of August. Mm. Yeah, start of August. So I'd, makes sense. They, everyone was like, oh, it's a sort of cut off point. But anyone decided then mid April. Yeah. But the restaurant didn't open till the twentieth, twenty second of April. So it's quite a short period. And um, they put this tweet up, and it was like, uh, I can't remember. It's like superior finish to an amazing meal. Blah blah blah. And I just looked at my missus, and I was actually in a <laughs> McDonald's drive for it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> what was the order? What was your order? Was the order? Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had a double quarter pounder. Beautiful. Right? Yeah. I remember nice. I was hanging like a, one of them, I was no. hanging like a gibbon the next day because I just 
on the old sauce the night before. <laughs> and I would, and I, I'd also seen this double quarter pounder. I love the fact I'm talking about this after just been going about my Michelin. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> but this double quarter pounder, I remember like seeing this tweet and then looking at my missus and I got this double quarter pounder, I took a massive bite out of it and I was like, I can't fucking eat this. <laughs> Did you? And she's like, what's wrong with you? And I was just like, there's something, not, I, I don't know. I was like, but I was like really excited. Michelin. Yeah. But nothing had happened. <laughs> but nothing had happened. Um, and then... It got towards October time. Yeah. And there's a few people that sent me messages saying like, food's looking really great, mate, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm sure you'll be fine this year. And I was like, well, I don't fucking think so. I don't think we have enough time. Paul being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it got to the week before and I absolutely was fucking losing my mind. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't because... And it's something I said to Paul earlier on, is that it wasn't because that... Yeah, she was. I, I fucking really wanted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair, fair enough. There's nothing wrong with where, where, no, where, no. where I am, geographically, you, you're, in, you're in Surrey where you've got some phenomenal chefs and some fucking great restaurants. So you've got uh, Adam Smith at Calf Park, unbelievably good restaurant. You've got Steve Smith at the Latimer, again, phenomenal restaurant. Steve Drake, uh, um, Sorrel. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, I don't want to be that guy that kind of loses it. And then you're just like, oh, we, we've got all these restaurants to choose from and there's that th- three rosette restaurant sure. in that hotel down there. Right. But not just that, it's the fact is that if I lose it, do I lose all my staff? Because they're like, fuck it, it's a jump ship. Mm. Right, yeah. It was, really, it was like... Wow, you got in a bit of a pit with it. Yeah, and I, was, I really lost my mind over it a bit. And wow. I really, I got really, really like... I think that's like sleepless nights until... The, the week before and I was like really like beating myself up about it and I I'd heard I'd like heard good things from like Pete like customers and stuff like that and then it got to the Friday I hadn't heard anything and then it got to the Friday and I was literally clucking like a, <laughs> like a fucking crackhead I was like Tim, Tim's got this amazing photograph of me like just like stood there in the kitchen just like fuck <laughs> oh man and um I'd had loads of messages from people and then it was Kenny Atkinson sent me a message going how you doing fella but it wasn't Simon Holston no (laughs) I was convinced it was going to be him (laughs) no he did ask me a few times and then then, um, (laughs) Kenny Atkinson sent me a message and then literally as soon as Kenny sent me this message my email went off and it just said Michelin Guide and I was like what the fuck and it came through and I just looked at Tim and the other boys in the kitchen and I just went I think we fucking done it. And then I ran off. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and we just started lunch service and I just ran off. And then um, I had a phone call from Michael Vujanin at the greenhouse in Dublin. He was uh-huh. just like, is it fucking true? <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, I think so. Oh man, what yes. a feeling. So that was more relief than anything, I guess. Well, I didn't stage. really, I, I mean, well, at the same time, I'd, I'd say I didn't really know, right? Well, you, of course you do. Mm. I think you do. I was like, they're not, they're not inviting you there for a day out. And just yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. Did, yeah. Did, the old, did the old bully bullseye and like, this is what you could have had. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be horrendous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was fucking mad. Amazing. And I remember, I remember like the Sunday night beforehand, just like, I didn't sleep at all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was it was really emotional. It was like kind of it's something that I think from starting cooking to even now, it's like you've worked so hard for it, mm-hmm. and I've gone through a career which has been a complete, I'd say, 
mixture of ups and downs. Right. I wouldn't say in a in a bad way. I think that I've I've learned a lot from a lot of stupid mistakes that I've made, mm-hmm. and I haven't always been the most well behaved person in the world. But I've <laughs> fuck off you. <laughs> but I've that was I've, I've slogged it out for the last few years because I needed I, I knew that I had a goal to achieve and I needed to behave myself yeah fair play man what, yeah. what, what about then after that because obviously pandemic and stuff aside you get that star after four and a bit months and then you feel like what is there where do you go from there do you, do you aim at get, trying to get two or is it just about no, maintaining that, that form no, and, and, uh, I think it was more the fact that I was on a massive path of like make the food better get the service better that was it I was like I'm not, and I'm not saying that I got to one star and was just like, well, that's it, I'll fucking just chill out now. It's like anything, you, you get to a point where you're just like, I need to get better. Mm-hmm. And, and the guys want to get better. And um, it's a really funny story, actually. It's basically on, on New Year's Eve last year, Go on. <laughs> I, fin- I finished work and I bought quite a bit of champagne. Um, and I basically. <laughs> Why have you gone red? Because I can't stop. It's so funny. So basically, we. Me and uh, Tim went back to my house and my missus was waiting there and she's like, well, let's get the old champers out and all this mm. stuff. And the TV's on it's the. the the fucking the fucking fireworks mm-hmm. yeah and I'm still convinced that Covid is caused by Craig David he fucking <laughs> he has fucking, fucking ruined I wasn't expecting that ruined my fucking what year what a line because that is we were amazing. sat there and I said to Tim I was like do you know what next he'll be year, gutted to hear next year that. we're going to have a belter as Craig David was doing some DJ stroke fucking <laughs> singing on the on London yeah, Bridge. You know yeah. what? It's he been, did it all it's, in it's seven days. Been, yeah. <laughs> been nothing yeah. but shit. <laughs> but, um, no, it's just it was it was just really funny because it was a really poignant moment because I was like, do you know what? I think we're gonna have a really really good year this year. Yeah. Ouch. Not so great because then we had three weeks off over January. Came back for like a month and a bit, and then it was like, right, fuck off into yeah. lockdowns. It was just funny because it was just like still to this day we're like every time I see Craig David, I'm like. Bastard cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's amazing. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our next subject then, which is uh, about the social lives of chef. We've we've talked about throughout the podcasts that work life balance and how difficult that is, and families. You know, start. We talked about with Matt about starting a family mm. and having kids and stuff, but. The social life is fascinating just because even as young chefs, like, you've got... Why are you laughing? What's the... I don't know. I think it was just this, I don't know, knowing look between us. Okay, fine. No, you continue that. Um, Yeah, it's fascinating because from the outside, you you guys will have heard this all the time, people would say, oh, why why would you get into that industry? You don't have a social life. It's the sweeping statement. Like I've said to you before, like, people people always used to say that to me. And it probably wasn't until I was in my mid-20s, like, that's not true you do have a social life it's just very different it's mm. way better than most people's social is it because yeah. yeah, right. okay. you can get fucking rogue sometimes <laughs> wasted on a Monday and not give a fuck when everyone's at work in on 9 to you 5 you can go and do your stuff because there's work. nobody about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so obviously the hours are different is the yeah. main thing but is it is it harder to like you know even like date and meet people and when you're starting out in your well, yeah I mean most chefs get with people that are in the industry yeah. I've always I think everyone 
been in a relationship with has been out of the industry I've always avoided it I've nice. done whatever I could yeah. to don't shit on your own doorstep yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't screw the crew <laughs> outrageous <laughs> um, yeah but I always I've got a big crowd of mates that I'm still really close to that are from school that aren't <clears throat> in this industry at all so I still try to have a social life with them which is hard now but back in the you know from 17 up to mid 20s it'd still be like I'd make sure I was out at least twice a week with them as mm. well so it'd be like I'd meet them at, did you? yeah wow it's yeah. <laughs> when I was 80 before I moved down <clears throat> to Le Manoir, when I was 18 I'd I'd always finish work about half ten and then I'd just go out and meet them, play catch up and I'd be more drunk than them in an hour because you just like, I have to catch up. They've been out all day and then you're fucking ruined. Wow. On, <laughs> on a mission. And all sorts. And the amount of crazy places That's the I've best slept way of drinking that. <laughs> Catching up. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, instant issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they'd always have the day off and I'd always have to be at yeah, work yeah, at seven on the yeah. Saturday yeah. and I'd get there. Should not have driven at all. Like, yeah, But no. back then, we were talking, what, 20 years? years ago obviously drink driving was bad and always has been <laughs> still is still and is still is yeah still still very illegal but so. I don't know if you're a... and everyone here at the nightclub is aware of that yeah and it's not, it's not something I do but just drunk but driving 20, year, 20 years ago nobody ever it wasn't a, a thing in sure. the morning in the morning it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't like until I was in my mid-twenties it was like you're still drunk in the morning you shouldn't be driving and then obviously that was like oh shit you shouldn't do that yeah, but before yeah. it wasn't really considered no it was takes like, oh, years I've, had, to... I've had my three hours sleep I'm, I'm alright <laughs> I've been to sleep so I must be yeah, safe I stopped drinking glass of water brush your teeth and off you go <laughs> yeah but, but that, that was genuinely like it wasn't even considered as a, a bad thing but I was always at work at seven hour seven yeah. yeah but you must have fucking doing awful. those kind of that kind of work and those kind of shit must be difficult on a hangover. I I, I, used, to go through, I used to go through this thing, which is I'm not proud of it and don't do it. Your it, face says otherwise. <laughs> that's only because I've come out the back end of it. Okay. <laughs> um, that's what we're doing tonight. Is, well, we're not yeah, open tomorrow. <laughs> is what you, you go out on a, a bender and you basically go to work the next day and you go through this like pain barrier where you're like oh I feel like shit like, mm. I'm not doing that again and it, you feel like that all the way through lunch service lunch service you're like fucking hell I feel like shit I just want to go to sleep mm. and then you get to 11 o'clock at night and you look at someone and you're like do you want to go out <laughs> and they're like yeah. fuck it <laughs> yeah. and then you feel like you've like conquered the world yeah, but yeah, yeah. I definitely can do that now no, <laughs> I don't recommend it either but, right, but like, sure. get like my mates would be you know they kind of take it and leave it sometimes because they had they were off every night and every yeah, weekend exactly. if I get ever got a weekend off and like most chefs yeah, it's like I have to do green light everything. green light yeah. so you'd go out on a Friday and you wouldn't go home till the Sunday really? you'd just be like wherever end up wherever you were doing whatever you were doing but it was two three days or something off the Monday you'd probably go home on a Monday my mum would be like where the fuck have you been <laughs> I don't actually know. I don't actually know. I remember parts, but that's wow, it. Poor. It really got bad. If that's yeah. Was, would it often be going out with people you've been at work with because you're all in the same boat? You're Sometimes. in the same mentality. I've never really mixed chef mates and my mate mates. Right. Just, just never really have. So if it was like say a weekend off and I'd go out with my mates, or if I was working away and I'd come back home. I'd meet up with my original mates and it'd just get yeah it'd be like following for a few days and then you'd end up with people you don't know wow yeah man what about you mate was it always like going <laughs> out with people that you've been working with that night or would you go and see friends like and play catch up as you say um, it wasn't as 
tame as pool's nights by the sounds of things. <laughs> wow, okay. No. Um, no, I was a bit of a... My parents are probably going to listen to this. I need to okay. watch what I'm going to say. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I've heard it before. Um, <laughs> Actually, do you know what? Fine. Um, yeah, I used to use quite a lot of drugs. I'm not going to lie. Really? And I've been quite open about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I just, I think I just used to work in quite hardcore kitchens, quite some, some rough kitchens that it right. was normally okay to do that. Not at work. What, because, <laughs> so it was because you were being, did you feel like you were just caught up in that atmosphere or because it was a bit of a coping and escape mechanism? No, because like, like, to be honest, none of it really bothered me. Like it wasn't the sort of the hours or I, I don't want to look at it from a, a depressing mm. vibe where I was just like, oh God, like, I feel like I'm getting showered out all the time and I feel like I need to do it. It's like, I did it because I used to enjoy it. Right, Plain fine. simple. That, I'm, I'm not going to lie about it. Mm. It was like one of those things that you just get to a Sunday night, it was the end of the week and you go, like, right, let's go heavy. Yeah. Um, but I think over time you learn not to do that anymore. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you get yeah. older. Sure, yeah. yeah. But it was it was something that I, I'm completely open to. Like, it, I, as in, like, I did it and it's, I'm not going to lie about it. Like, yeah, yeah. And there's plenty of chefs out there that knew I used to do it as oh, well. God, <laughs> so, yeah. No, but it's, I think it just gets to a point where you've got to... Is that a big... If you, don't, if you guys both don't mind me asking, is that a big... Can that be a big thing in kitchens and a big thing in the industry? Oh, yeah, huge, yeah. yeah. Fucking rife. Yeah. Really rife. I don't, I don't think... The majority, I'd I say, yeah. I, well. I think the industry has, over time, because I think guys get a lot more time off. Um, mm, yeah, the work-life balance has come back a bit. We talked yeah, about that. I mean, we? like, mm. London back in the day was a bit... Renegade, yeah. Um, but I think it was everywhere. I mean, yeah. bit, to be honest, it's like something that I've heard before, which is... That it's no different to any other industry. Like it's always been like oh, in hospitality, like there's loads of cocaine abuse or whatever, and it's just like yeah. So the city boys were doing it. Like, mm. It's it's everywhere. It always yeah. has been. Yeah, it's not. But specific. I, I, don't, I don't think. I think like chefs have always got a bit of a bad reputation for for getting on it and whatever. But there's loads of other industries that are exactly the same. Mm. It's not. Just, it's not just us. A bit like school kids, is it that sort of stuff you'd have to hide from the head chef, or they just at the time when you were younger, or well, they from just like involved? My experience, it was more in the like, or the chef would be joining you, but like, <laughs> um, or it would be, it was more party time, it wasn't generally at work going on. You'd Got see it. that kind of thing, but it was like places I worked, it was covered up, but it was more party times and enjoying yourselves outside of work. Yeah, wow, yeah. full on. It sounds so full on. Like, what? 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 Nothing. <laughs> yeah, because I guess, like, um, like you say, a lot of industries and a lot of people going out will all experience those sorts of things. But I suppose for <clears throat> that industry, with the hours as full as they are and going into the nights, it just all can bleed into one a bit and get a bit messy. And Many a times, I can see how that can happen so easily. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I think though, like one of the worst drugs for chefs is weed. Turns them into absolute oh. dopes. Yep. <laughs> like fucking slow, like, slow, useless, <laughs> fucking docile. Like it's the worst drug for chefs because it's high tempo and you yeah. need to like be switched on. Yeah, and then, but I've, I've got, <laughs> at least take something else. That's, what are you? Yeah, that's the one. Thing. What do you mean you've eaten you know, in? You got the munchies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> one thing I've never, I've never understood with weed, and it really fucking pisses me off as well, is that with the hours that you do, you're pretty fucking tired anyway. Why on earth would you then just roll up a massive spiff just to sit there and get tired again? It's like, I'm fucking knackered as it is. I want to go out tonight. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sit there and have a spliff and go to sleep. Like, I could do that fucking anyway. Sleep's wow. easy. I've yeah. got that box. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I don't get it. And I still see it now. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it was you like, can tell the weed chef straight away. Really? Oh, yeah. big time, yeah. Mainly because they fucking stink of it when they walk in oh, the door. Oh, God. Yeah. This is so depressing. Yeah, it's, it's it's not not a, a, I mean, I know there's worse drugs, but it's not good for chefs because they just end up being shit. Yeah. 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 I different, as you both got different roles and responsibilities and restaurant owners and head chefs, Michelin star, etc., then you see staff in your position from 10 years doing everything you guys did 10 years ago. Do you look at it differently? Do you say anything? I'm a, I, I take a bit of a different approach where um, I'm probably a lot more strict on it basically because I, I knew what it did to me. Right. And to be honest, I don't, I don't encourage it because I'm not saying like encourage it as in like and sit there like my boy's going out tonight <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> it's more the fact is um, for about uh, I'd say four four and a half year period it really fucked me up and, right. it, not in a, and I think like, I, was, I always look back and like not through regret but I still look back now and think to myself if I hadn't done that I probably would have been achieved more than I have done now Right, okay. Which I don't beat myself up about. You'd it. have done it in three months, not four and a half. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> two, two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just look at it, the fact is that I probably could have moved quicker. But at the same time, things happen for a reason and I think that was uh, um yeah, it, it, everything's panned out for a reason and to be honest, right at the moment I'm the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. But I d yeah, when I see guys that I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, um, are in that position, I think to myself fucking hell don't make the same mistakes I did mm -hmm. because sure. I, I did make some I'm not going to go into massive depth about them no no you don't have I to. made some absolutely fucking stupid choices pissed off a lot of people right and um, I'm quite happy talking about it like it doesn't bother me at all but it's just the fact that you look at young guys and you think to yourself yeah it's, it's probably really you think it's really cool and really great right now and you really enjoy yourself but seriously if you want to get your head down move on through the trade like the the last three years of my life have been through complete like being a bit obsessive and a yeah, bit like, dedicated but, and, yeah yeah absolutely mm. but they always have been because I've never buckled and left the trade because of it yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, I've yeah, always, yeah. but then I've worked in some really hard kitchens in some really bad ways right got it because I've not been in the right frame of mind mm -hmm. understood and yeah. I think it does I think it really does take a toll on your mindset like yeah. it really makes you like less strong minded because you're constantly thinking about when you're going to go to bed how you're feeling that day I think it obviously does Im implement um, anxiety issues whatever sure. I suffer from them now because I actually do not at all apart from when the Michelin guy comes out <laughs> yeah <laughs> clearly yeah I'm, I'm over five months yeah. <laughs> but I do think it's something that um young chefs need to sort of address but at the end of the day I've, I've always had that mindset that I don't want to be a fucking hypocrite yeah of course you know I, mean? yeah, I did difficult. it I did it I've been there and I've done it so you can empathise my yeah. choice yeah and it's almost like you, you'll understand this you're a parent it's mm. you know you see things that you'll tell your kids off for and then you suddenly remember oh, I used to do yeah, that exactly. and you've got to learn so you've got to find that balance the same with your team it's like you've got to let them be themselves and find out for themselves you've got to educate them and let them mistakes. know your experiences but mm. you don't um, you know, can't just like come down and tell them they're wrong because I just go and do it anyway yeah, exactly. so you've got, to, yeah. you've got to manage it right in the same way mm. as a parent and it's, again like I said earlier on it's everywhere yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's not yeah. trade specific. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's you know, it's a generational thing that yeah, every exactly. generation gets bigger. It's yeah. not just it's, hospitality. It's an easy leap for people to make, I guess, because they see this 
you know, cavalier, like hedonistic attitudes of chefs who are buzz at adrenaline. So it's easy and late nights, it's easy to link that with that sort of mm. idea. Yeah, it's just it's a lazy assumption to make, I think. 100%. And I think, I mean, Paul, you'll not understand it. Like from when we started in the trade to now, like the trade's gone from being a couple of cooking programs over to it's, it's fucking mental now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it is, and it is absolutely mental. Like, um, I think even on a daily basis that essentially me and Paul are, we're still chefs you've got that Michelin star title you're still working on a daily basis cooking and you're behind the stoves and you have to still deal with the, the day to day bullshit of what goes on in a restaurant mm. but you still have people looking at you like the amount of messages I get like through Instagram and stuff like that like oh like, I think you're amazing and blah 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 really wow and you're a bit like it's like, weird, that's because you're looking at pictures on my Instagram. Yeah. You, you don't have to stand next to me when I'm screaming at you. Well, like, where's the fucking garnish? <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. It's just like, I had some woman today and she sent me a message like, oh, like, I'd really like to help you out. And I was like, in what way? And she's just like, well, if you send me a recipe, I've got 13,000 followers on Twitter and like, I'll get really good PR for your restaurant. And I was like, my restaurant's not, we're not in lockdown. We're fully booked two months, but thanks anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. It's just it's the stuff like that. So it gets a bit... That is nuts. Mm. Yeah, and you are a human being. Do you yeah, know what I mean? You still like we still do a day to day job. Yeah, 100%. not a piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> not maybe, just a maybe piece of later. Lastly, on the topic of socialise, then what about like dating and going out? Because obviously, if like say you meet someone, you're like, oh, do you fancy going out? And they're like, yeah, can you do Friday night? You're like, definitely not. Can you do Tuesday lunchtime? <laughs> so now I um, I did I, in my younger years. There was definitely it was all you ever met was girls, waitresses and, you know, things like that and that was what was available. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> it's because I know my missus will listen to this and as soon as you mention the word waitresses she'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> how many have you done? <laughs> Go on, how many? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, then it was the only other way I'd meet people was a night out. You know, yeah. which is not always the best way you're looking no, for a girlfriend no. but I rarely was looking for a girlfriend no, of course got, yeah. got, got the flu <laughs> yeah no I suppose so I, I just yeah it's fascinating to me that if you're not dating someone in the industry it would be impossible basically to find time yeah, to hang out hard. unless they like, take hard. an annual leave or something but my yeah my long term relationship they've been not from the industry yeah, yeah yeah how about you mate when you're meeting people and stuff do you remember having to um no <laughs> Fine. My my missus at the moment, who I love loads. <laughs> nice. I love how you is, leaned into the mic then. Like you were giving her a kiss it. on the cheek. Like, um, oh, I love loads. She's not in the industry. Um, and to be honest, that's probably been an absolute godsend because she's probably out of anyone understood more why I'm a completely psychopathic. <laughs> right. Understood. <laughs> she works in the NHS. Uh, does she? Yeah, yeah. No, wow. but she's been she's been amazing, like regarding support and anything that I do uh -huh. likewise how'd you meet? Uh, I actually went to school there did you? Yeah, like 20 were you friends ago. at school or not really? I really fancied at school but I wasn't cool enough <laughs> smoked too much weed <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't I fucking hate this stuff <laughs> wow but no yeah I um, and then just got back in contact with her like a few years ago yeah beautiful nice should get married soon hopefully oh, oh really? Yeah. wait you have asked her not that yeah, was. Is like, this how you're asking her now? I wasn't you asking her now. I was like, <laughs> that's not. No, no, a bigger no, moment. Be, yeah, yeah. Should we get married soon? COVID dependent. 
I'm just going to go to a registry office. Oh, nice. So you can pop down. To, yeah, that's what you need. 60 quid. <laughs> <laughs> you old romantic. Probably, probably <laughs> stop off at McDonald's drive-thru again. After, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, let's move on to some TripAdvisor reviews, shall we? This is where I'm going to dish out some <coughs> real or fake TripAdvisor reviews, and both of our chefs have to guess whether they are real or fake. Who wants to guess first? Go on, you guess first. I know mine really well, by the way. Do you? Yeah, yeah oh, I'll okay. tell a story about these in a minute. Okay, oh, well, cool. you've got to guess firstly whether this is like I of... used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've gotten better. I think this is this has been cathartic for you, I reckon. It has, yeah. Because in doing, it's like exercised it's all those demons. That there's yeah. just loads of dickheads out yeah. there and I can't change their mind. <laughs> That's what it's all about, yeah. mate. Okay, I'll read you a review, um, and Tony, and you've just got to guess whether it's one of Paul's or not. Here we go. One star review. Bad. It's the title. Okay. Straight to the point. Blunt. Yeah. Bad. This Don't mention is... anything about a carrot. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, it doesn't actually. But no, here you go. It's not pause. <laughs> <laughs> Visited today with my partner and my son. Staff attitude was appalling. Didn't make you feel welcome. I had some beef at one point during the meal. When it arrived, it was full of blood. Mm. Full of blood's a weird word. It wasn't was full. It? No, it's never, no it's never blood as well, is it? Yeah. It's not no, technically it's blood. Not. It's fucking annoying. Isn't it? it does annoy me. And do you know why it annoys me even more? Imagine it's thick, actual fucking an actual viscous blood, blood on your but plate. Do you know what annoys me even more? Is when you see on like uh, TV shows with, with chefs who are guest judges or whatever, yeah. even they refer to it as there's blood on the plate. And it's like, you're a chef, you know that's not blood. Why are yeah. you saying blood? That's what I said. It's been bled. Yeah, it's been yeah. bled. Let's get it right. Um, where was I? Full of blood. So I sent it back. When it came back, it was grey and chewy. I was so hungry, I ate what I could. When I got back to the hotel, though, I felt nauseous and off colour. I would not recommend going here. Was that salt? Or somewhere else? What do you reckon? I'm not going to give you any clues of yes mm. or no. No. Do you know? I don't recognise it. I can tell you that was not salt. <laughs> I was gonna say, For once. It comes back grey. Yeah, yeah. It was not salt. No, no. I don't recognise I'd, I'd remember something like that. Yeah. That was the pub down the road, though. Which one? Um, the One Elm. The One Elm? Oh, yeah. I've never been there. Haven't you? Well, yeah. don't. Well, I would be I'd be a hypocrite if I <laughs> judged it on that. That's fair. Okay, right, Paul, your turn. Is this one of. Tony's reviews or somewhere else two star review no title lazy went to said restaurant for lunch with great expectations and uh, as it was based on a recommendation sadly the experience was ruined within the first few minutes when we were bluntly told at reception that they have a strict formal address code which was mentioned neither in the website over the phone or when making the reservation uh, we then we were then left in the lobby waiting for the restaurant manager, feeling like naughty school children <laughs> awaiting punishment. They invited us to dine with them anyway. We apologised for not having known beforehand, and I suggested it would be very helpful if they were to have mentioned that on their website and avoid others making the same mistake, only to be told rather con condescendingly that, well, with this is a Michelin-style restaurant... <laughs> Leaving after my wife was petrified after committing a faux pas and a unable to relax throughout the meal would not come back again. Was that a real or fake review? I I think, like, based on the fact fact of people's expectation of 
the Tudor room and where it is and the hotel it's in. I think it is the Tudor room based on that. Yeah, but it wasn't when I was. So that's a yes, then. That's fucking old. Ding. Fuck. It was old, but it was <laughs> of the Tudor room. Yeah, so I knew this was before your time, but I did want to ask, like, as soon as you arrived, did the dress code go out the window? What was the... Uh... I, I didn't even know they had a dress code. Wow. Oh, right. I have people st- sat in there in tracksuits sometimes. Do you? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Good. I'm going to wear a shower suit when I come. Do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> just don't smoke a spliff in that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't... It doesn't bother me. At the end of the day, um, no, it's good paying the bit. bill. And to be honest, I used, to, I used to be a private chef for a billionaire. And Did you? Yeah. Oh my god! Right, for Joe Bamford. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what. I used to watch the way they used to dress. Sometimes when I used to go out, and you wouldn't have a clue, and you'd be really? like, you have no idea. You can't judge people by what they're wearing. Yeah. 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 yeah you can't. Yeah. No. I. I just people want to relax and be comfortable when they spend a yeah. lot of money on food. I mean, it doesn't bother yeah. me. It doesn't bother me. Isn't that mad to think that they did that though? It's Even fucking ages ago. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. You had one terrible v- review ever, and I think that was before your time That's as well. Right. I sent Paul a picture. Yeah, I want to know a what's certain, this certain lady on here that that looked lovely. That dish, fucking prick. What was that? <laughs> what was that on? Where was that? So, have you got it on? The I haven't. No, 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 I don't. I'm afraid. I'll fucking find it. What was it? Was it on TripAdvisor? <laughs> yeah. Because there was only one terrible review of your restaurant, and it was the number one of. 30 oh, I don't know. This one really fucking pissed me off. <laughs> okay, it probably wasn't the one. I only no, go. Just, just, I go to the dregs. I go straight okay, to the bottom so, so of the food this goes chain. Back, this goes back to what I said before: is the <laughs> because the guys serve the table and I serve the tables, etc. We we always turn around at the end of the meal and say, "Is everything all right?" You've got an ample opportunity to turn around and say, "Do you know what? I didn't really enjoy it." Blah 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 blah. Or but they never do. What they do is they wait for you to turn around and then they're like, get the knife in the back. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. this- it's because we're British. We do this at the hairdressers. Yeah, I know, yeah, I- and, it, and they show me the mirror and they've carved twat into the back of my head. I still go, thanks very much. Yeah, cheers. And then I'll leave. Here's your tip. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> British, isn't but it? What really did me in about this one is, so I, I don't let them bother me, but I've, caught a lot of people out because of TripAdvisor okay I so oh, you, you sound like you and Paul get on like yeah no because what I do is like do. so I either email them mm-hmm. or I do the old off the cuff phone call oh, I love that oh, that's a great Paul way, loves that, that. Which, yeah go on I've, off guard yeah oh hi like really casual I fucking love it do you? Um, <laughs> but we've had um, <laughs> a TripAdvisor before where it was really really bad really negative and again because the guys serve the tables I was like fucking table three last night what pair of fucking arseholes and they're like what do you mean I went she's fucking gone out and got on TripAdvisor and fucking slated us wow and they're like they can't be saying that this is the best meal they've ever had so I'm like fuck it so I've gone and rung them <laughs> she's still they, in their room no they've rung me back and they've gone what on earth are you talking about like that was literally like the best meal we've ever had blah 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 yeah and it turns out that it was a waiter that we had working for us that was obviously really pissed off because I sacked him. Oh my god! Impersonating them, gone through his diary and gone back and wrote his fake review what was oh. their name yeah. wow scandalo how bored is he bad for that picture <laughs> yeah so this woman that's um, your signature dish isn't it that no fuck you <laughs> <laughs> what is it I don't, know, I don't know so basically this woman carrot what, yeah. is that carrot wait carrot and pea salad so this woman put a review up and it's really got my back up 
Because <laughs> she put, <clears throat> we had the seven course taste menu, which was okay, not really blown away by it. Out of the seven dishes, four had frozen elements on it. That's absolutely not true. Frozen elements. Right, when she's talking about frozen elements, is she talking about she ice cream, sorbets, <laughs> granitas, desserts? That's what normally happens. Or, yeah, Did yeah. she get brain freeze? <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> obviously. And she went, two of them had caviar. <laughs> Bless her. Oh, That's a first world right. problem. Complaining about getting too much caviar. As everything was quite cold, the flavours weren't there for me. The main dish was monkfish, was served only lukewarm, and at the top of it, the room was freezing. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> wow. I know the hotel was old, but it did not make for a welcoming experience. Apologies, we do not take any photographs, as it did not feel comfortable, and in a small dining room space, somewhat disappointing for £95. Uh, did then, she get a call? Did she get a call? No, she got an email. Ah, uh, so we worded email. I then obviously delved into Karen Kay from Basin Stokes. Um... <laughs> Um, Don't know, I'm sure there's loads of Karen Case from Amazing Zone. Trip advisor. Yeah, any one of them. And She's put it on a public forum. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck her. Yeah. So I, I basically went on there and she's got this tasting menu from a restaurant that's near my mum and dad's in Hampshire and it's absolute fucking pony. <laughs> uh, and I sent a picture of it to Paul earlier on. I was like, this woman's giving it a five-star review, like, amazing, it gets better. It's yeah. basically some... Flake mackerel thrown on a plate with some really bad peeled hydro cool carrots. Carrots and pea shoots. And, and some yeah. fucking pea shoots. <laughs> this woman's complaining about having caviar on two courses. Oh, like, how fuck dare off. she? Karen K. Karen K from Beijing State. She would be a Karen. That's a fucking Karen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Karen. Oh, Karen by name and nature. Definitely a sea hug. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, right. Let's move on to one of my favourite features. Then boiling point. This is when our chefs tell. Oh, he's already laughing. This is brilliant. So, this is where our chefs tell of the real heat of the kitchen. Uh, where, have, where have you lost your shit, or has someone lost their shit on you? Who wants to go first? Do you want me to go first? All right, go on, I've got at least three. Paul never yeah. goes first. So this is great. I do not. No, I don't know. Yeah. Rarely go first. <laughs> no, sorry. You always go first What's to it? set the tone. That's right. That's I normally, normally set a very yeah, bad yeah, tone. I got it wrong. Um, so yeah I was thinking about this I rem- remembered this the other day um, it was when I was at college I um, I started like a little bit later and in the first year there were second years above me that a couple of them thought they thought they were really good and I started and just started off really strong and it did really well I was loving it got on with all the lecturers mm. and I was better than all of them and they didn't like it right Classic. So like they used to used to love it in the change had tiny little changing rooms and they'd just always fucking whip me when I'm getting changed like you know the old classic tea towel whip <laughs> oh. and I'd just be like fucking taking it taking it <laughs> <laughs> and you know you try and fight back but there's four or five of them so I remember speaking to my lecturer at the time this, this big guy great lecturer he was but I won't won't mention his name he's like Paul I'll help you out okay I was like he's like I'm going to show you something but I haven't shown you this. Right, you've learned this yourself. So okay, oh, so wow. I'm going to show you so rats, Indiana Jones. This the rat's guy. the rat's tail. No way. Oh. You heard the rat's tail. It's <laughs> fucking mega. So he's Gnarly. like, took me to the side. So this is how you fold a fold a tea towel to draw blood. <laughs> <laughs> to draw blood. So he's got his big tea towel. He's done this fold. Like, show me how to do it, where to hold it. He's like, you don't even need to wet it. He's like, just have it ready, have it on your side, and just just fucking get on. Yeah. Right. 
So I, I had it already, and I was so excited, I couldn't even wait for them to get me. <laughs> this guy had his back to me in these little soft boxes, and I just fucking went for him in one, in the inside of his arse cheek, <laughs> and just he squealed like a little girl. And it did, it drew, drew blood. He had no. blood all over his boxes. Are you joking? Never fucking whipped me again. Oh, yeah. mate, that's unbelievable. I was dying, yeah, and I went straight back to him. I was like, chef, chef, look, fucking get him, got him. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't show anybody else. I kept it to myself. Do you still remember so, how to do it? Oh yeah, I'll show you later. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. It's Just through mega. the folding it's technique. It's even worse if you wet the end as well. It's fucking savage. That's insane to me. So it's like just through the folding of it. End. Yeah. Wow. It's mega. The rat's tail. The rat's <laughs> tail, man. That is brutal. I love that. Nice one. Go on then. I'll give you a hat trick. Got. Yeah. Were you actually? Yeah, why not? Is it? Go on then. Okay, so the on. first two stories I'm going to tell you, I will not tell you what kitchen it was in or who it was. Fine, until later. Yes. Great. Classic, so, we love that. We'll uh, tweet it later. Don't worry. <laughs> worked in a really good modern French restaurant. Um, and there was one day where the, the waiter was constantly coming up to the pass, picking up the plates, and then he kept on dropping them because they were too hot. And the head chef at the time who was definitely a little bit tasty <laughs> literally had enough of it and was just looked at me and just went me and the guy on the sauce and was like fucking teach him now <laughs> to which he got the old school metal trace yeah yeah put plates on it and then just washed underneath the salamander oh no put it down oh just like washed it and they were like fucking glowing <laughs> right, and then took it down and just pushed it forward and went fucking drop that you're dead and this next me you just see this Oh my god! <laughs> As it goes to the fucking genius! This was a long, long, long time. Yeah, ago. yeah. We all like witness to it. Like, yeah, I was so giggling away like a little girl. It's like he gets it, or I get it. So I was like, uh, um, oh, wow. This same chef, fucking hell, this is horrible. Um, <laughs> so you know when you get scallops in, in the big polystyrene boxes. Yeah. So I'd been shucking the scallops that morning and like washed them drained them all the shells went into the polystyrene box one of the scallops I missed the muscle on the, the left hand side so taking all the row off but you know the connective muscle mm -hmm. the left one in months which he found went absolutely mental right so I was like fucking hell so I walked off, to the basement where the, the fridge was and as I came out of the, the walking fridge and I looked up that polystyrene box of scallop shells came flying down. No. Landed on my head, knocked me clean out. Oh, fuck. All right? Oh, my God. This is the best bit. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. No. <laughs> right, taken out by it, like half concussed. Like, sort of come up, looked in, like, kind of pulled myself up the, the stairs. To which he turned around and went, you're fucking shit, you can go home for the night. All right, so I had blood coming outside my face. The best part of it, I was like, wait a minute, it's fucking Friday. We're off Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> I'm going out tonight. Who's the dickhead? <laughs> you thought you were punishing me. <laughs> Who wins? Oh my God. Who's king of the jokes That's now? Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you you saw the bit of blood coming down and realised I need to get you out of here? Fuck off. And I was like, sound? Brilliant. I'll <laughs> see you later on it. <laughs> <laughs> the third one oh, was mate it was actually me to so bo both those first ones are the same guy same guy yeah wow absolute legend though like when I tell you who it is later on you'll be like can't wait Good thank guy. you very much we'll wrap this podcast up swiftly just well respected back in the day okay um, the, the other story is um, 
after, after the first lockdown, it was pretty tough to get the restaurant going. Mm-hmm. And two of the junior chefs in my kitchen were not really taking it that seriously. Um, and then one night I found out, or one, oh, sorry, the next day I found out that they'd been sat in the restaurant on the old booze trying to flirt with all these little waitresses. Wow, okay. And in the hotel, there's certain, there's, certain, there's certain departments in the hotel probably let that go. I don't, I was mm. fucking raging. So I came in the next day and someone said to me, Tim, <laughs> um, ask them what they did last night. So I said to them, I was like, what, what happened last night? And they're like, oh no, nothing, chef, nothing. And I was like, were you sat in the bar getting fucking pissed? And they're like, no, 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 absolutely not. Mm. So like, this is easy. Or you, were you sat in the, uh, yeah, but he was with me. So they started like fucking oh, basically no. dominating each other around. It was just <laughs> fucking Beautiful. <brilliant. laughs> yeah. So I was like, we have this joke. If I ever bollock him, I always take him to what we call table two and have a table two chat. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I like that. I fucked him up by taking him to table eight. So straight away, they're off the center like, what's he fucking doing? So it's <laughs> table, table eight. eight. No one's been to table eight. <laughs> <laughs> in, in under four months. Um, and I basically sat there and I was like, first of all, why do you think it's acceptable to be fucking drinking after work? Like I've gone home, like your sous chef's gone home. Why do you think it's all right for you to fucking hang around and have a, get a bit of boost up with the younger waitresses? So they're sat there like, oh, sorry chef. I was like, right, this is what we're going to fucking do. So we're now going to walk down to the office where I'm going to open up my email and you're going to see the list of CVs I've got on my, like I've been sent. You're going to individually choose who your fucking replacements are. <laughs> If you don't fucking like it, <laughs> fuck off now. Oh, oh shit. my God. Did really? They down? Did it go down? No, I didn't take him down. Oh. <laughs> Did they believe you? Did they? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Choose your own replacement. I was like, you can, you can even interview them and spend the fucking day with them and then you can let me know at the end of the week who you want to replace you. <laughs> I that love is, that move. That's like the worst apprentice challenge ever. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. Oh, mate. Oh, I wish I was in those faces. Better than getting Imagine. a polystyrene box with scallop shells on yeah. your head. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Amazing. What a hat trick. Perfect. Right. Oh, this has been brilliant. I can't believe it's already an hour and ten minutes in. Um, we want to finish with some cooking hacks and myths, as we always do on yeah. this podcast. So if you've got anything for our home cooks that might be able to help them out, little t- tips or tricks. A, a few episodes ago, is the bean one, the bean can one. Oh, that was the first the, series, yeah. I yeah. fucking love that. Upside it's down. good, isn't it? Yeah, it does work, because they sit like on the beans. Sh- Just in case so it, people haven't listened to that, it's basically that they they sit on the shelf. Well, it's when they're like pressure cooked and stuff, they're kind of set. Yeah, you open them upside down. I've used that badger for years, I love that one. Fall out. like five seconds of scraping it's amazing yeah that is good have you guys got any others or myths that you can dispel for people well it's not really a myth or um, or a hack it's more like like what I don't understand the fucking the point in toaster machines toasters you know like what do you mean you know like toaster toaster machines at home sandwich machines they're fucking cool. like I don't get them what like, sandwich toast you just need a frying pan that's oh, it. it's not you a waste know, of space. The, the, the sandwich presses. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to get sponsored by Breville. <laughs> 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 not anymore, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> but you put, put it in, it squishes it, makes all the bread hard. Yeah, around um, the sides. Everything is like molten lava in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it looks weird. Yeah. All you need, put it outside of some bread, a frying pan, turn it over in the oven a couple of minutes, and it's the best toaster. Do you know what I ever. did on those, yep. those toaster machines? It's fucking shocking. Because my missus <laughs> bought one, and it's like. 
It's too small for like right. each slice of bread. It's oh, so they, they hang over, don't they? Yeah, yeah and you yeah, get that just bread on the outside. Yeah, yeah, horrible. I think we'd got a bit bevved up on a Sunday night. She was like, oh, I've got a great idea. And I was like, what? And she was like, do you know the old uh, Greg's like sausage bean and cheese melt number? And Classic. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Legendary. She's like, well, there's beans and like sausages in there. I was like, oh, make sure you open them. <laughs> she goes put them in a sandwich so the problem was is that the life the slice of bread was like halfway hanging out of the thing and all the beans and everything was just pissing down the side I was just like looking at it I was like the worst fucking idea uh, bite into that hot side. pocket and molten lava yeah, shoots over your face yeah the hot in the sun yeah, yeah. the just only one I've got frying is, pan mm, that's it frying pan um, good one I've learned recently is um, instead of brining fish in brine or whatever or even meat is fish sauce Oh really? Okay. Why is that one? Belter, it's just amazing. It's like because it's obviously high in salt, so it, mm. it drags a lot of the moisture out of it. But also when you when you go to roast it up and caramelise it up, the like umami flavour on it's fucking. Yeah, I was gonna so say that must splash it over. Just rub it on it, yeah. It's oh, absolutely nice. immense. And it caramelises it, but it doesn't like stick or go all gnarly or anything like that. Does really that depend on then what you're gonna do with the meat next though, or not really? Because you do that for well, anything. I wouldn't put it on your roast, did I? No. Sure. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like would you is that limit what you could then do with it? No, not you... really. I did it the other day on like a steak and then char grilled it and it's fucking really good. That sounds nice. Actually. That's good that. You don't wash it off, you just let it no, sink just let it go on there and it just it doesn't even caramelise, it's sort of like just sort of into the meat it's, it's really good it's that's like a really good meat, one nice. meat and fish brine it's really really Gives good that go. like and it's, fish it's, sauce amazing it smells yeah. like it smells filth. like wet dog yeah it <laughs> smells like homeless, yeah. my dog literally <laughs> smells like fish sauce yeah. last good name for a dog but I made yeah. like fried chicken last time my dog stunk of dirty fryer oil <laughs> oh really yeah. lovely poor thing and me <laughs> <laughs> awesome cool that's that's about it um, thanks again so much to Guzzbons for providing us with tonight's nightcap you can visit Guzzbons website guzzbons.com order some of their rarest and hardest to find wines uh, some of them are really limited as well so jump on there now wherever you are however you're listening thanks so much for downloading and Tony thanks so much for taking the Thank time out so during much. these mad times to come and do this for us yeah thanks for coming up yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not cooking so far <laughs> yeah. awesome yeah you'll have to come back up for dinner proper dinner definitely yeah, yeah 100%. 100% right traditional clink to cheers end guys all. cheers thank you nice one